Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of GC Live post-game show. I am Mike Yuvin. Joining us today and this week is former Gamecock quarterback Michael Skarnecchia. You can see Mike. You can't see me. That's all right. Having some issues right now, but that's okay. We're going to work through them. You can submit questions, concerns, whatever you want, the way that we typically do. You just won't be able to see my face, which honestly sometimes is a blessing. But you will see Mike. And Mike will have plenty to share with us today and try to talk about the game that we saw today, Mike. Um, I know the comments are coming in already. I will try to share as many as we can. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mike, just overall thoughts. I mean, I know uh, that was a lot. It was a lot. Um, you know, as a Gamecock fan, we always have that little fire, that little fire of hope every time we go into these types of games. But – I'm waiting for the year. That's that's not what we have to worry about and hope for every year. I'm, you know, I, trying to pull the positives out of this game. I think in the beginning our rush defense looked good. Our perimeter defense was struggling on those swing passes and the stretch plays with the run, but inside zone it looked like our D line was doing a good job. Even with, um, I think Boogie was injured. Uh, we have Kaba hurt and Strawn all out with and Cam Smith too. So, you know, injuries are plaguing us on the D line linebacker area. Um, but positively, in the beginning, we were slowing the rundown. Uh, also, on offense, we were taking some shots. We hit a couple. But, you know, we'll try and get the positives as we continually talk on this because, uh, you know, there, there was a lot to digest with what happened in that game. So, again, trying to pop up some of these comments that you guys are sending in. We appreciate it. Uh, not everyone's going to be seeing eye to eye on that, and that's all right. That's all right. Uh, Tommy asked, you know, it is time to give Freddie Kitchens a shot at offensive coordinator. He would have had an opportunity in making progress and salvaging the season over the next two weeks. Thoughts? So, look, I'll say this, Mike. I don't know if you necessarily agree with me on this. Going into the season, I think a lot of us viewed it this way. South Carolina, I think we all assumed that they'd be one and two. They'd be one and two to start the year. Not an easy schedule to start by any means. They picked no. up um, a good Georgia State team, and we saw that. It was evident in week one. We saw what Georgia State was able to do against North Carolina. That was a good week one test. That wasn't your typical week one cupcake. Week two, you got to go to Arkansas. Hostile environment, we know that. And then, of course, you're playing the defending national champs today at williams Bryce. So I say all that. Because I know there's going to be a lot of people listening and they're sick and tired of um, these moral victory speeches. Or I, I get it. I understand it. 
But at the same time, too, the reality is you are who you are. This South Carolina team is in year two with the new coach. Yep. Gauntlet of a schedule to start the year. The next two weeks, Charlotte, SC State, you need to be able to get healthy, figure out who the heck you are, and you got to be able to get to three and two before going down to Kentucky. That's where the season really starts to pick up. Because if you can't, if you're doing what you're doing today offensively, and granted, George is probably one of the best defenses, if not the best defense you'll see all season. No doubt. But if you're doing that against Kentucky, then there's going to be issues. So I say all that because, look, again, I didn't have South Carolina starting the year off better than one and two. They've done pretty much what I thought they would, except for this, Mike. The offense, the offense to me made progress last week. Today, though, yes, good Georgia defense, but they just weren't able to find anything. You know, they had issues trying to just the vertical game just wasn't there. And I thought that's what you have to do against a good Georgia team. Just too fast sideline to sideline. Let's let's talk about that in a second when you're done talking. You go, Mikey. This is your time to shine. Yeah, so this is my thought. I was watching the game. Early on, it looked like we were hitting some stuff over the middle, getting some and then hitting a big play. I think we're doing too much vertical and horizontal play. We're not doing enough of it over the middle. Even Mm. Georgia was crushing us over the middle. I mean, yes, they were crushing us on those swing routes, but you see later in the middle of the game, they're starting to hit these crossing routes, these stop routes, like right between the linebackers. They're doing it constantly. And why aren't we doing that? Why are we trying to hit these low percentage throws constantly on verticals? You know, it's frustrating watching it because we easily could be driving the down. We have the athletes. Why is Jaheim Bell, why is he getting only one catch? Hmm. He, you see what he did last season. You saw what he did in the bowl game. Why are we not getting the star athletes, the athletes we know who can produce offensively, and finding ways to get them open? It's frustrating because you know you have the guys who can compete, maybe not across the entire team, but we at least on offense have offensive production in the receiver and tight end field, that we have two four-stars, we have kids who can produce, and we're just not getting them open. We're throwing these vertical balls that are low percentage throws, hoping that we're going to win – maybe 70% of them, and it's not happening right now. So we need to find some type of offensive production with this. And uh, yes, let's be real here. I've seen enough quarterbacks in my lifetime play the game of quarterback. Spencer has probably one of the best arms I've ever seen. Why are we not utilizing it? He gets the ball out quick. When we stop letting him just make all these decisions and we just narrow the game down, we drive it almost every time. Focus on that. Stop making this game complicated. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, Mike. Yeah, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I, how many times are we going to get blown out by a good team until we realize we either need to step up as individuals across the board or, or we need to look at our coaches, uh, you know? So let me ask you this. We saw – it is what it is today. It is. Okay? It is what a lot it is of today. This too. When you go back – let's go back a little bit. Because there's not, there's, there's really, and I, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, unless you go back and you watch the film and you go and play by play, Mike, maybe something stood out to you. There really wasn't anything positive that I really saw today. You could say, okay, they fought in the fourth. Okay, we get that. They should always do that, though. Okay? That, that, that's a given. Let's go back to last week against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Perry and I talked about this a little bit. I liked 
still plenty of flaws with the offense. And we saw that today. It was that was evident. Yeah. But what we saw against Arkansas, we saw progress at least in some shape, way, or form, right? We saw it looked like the offense was a little bit more in sync. It looked like there was, you know, they, they were just on the page a little bit more. Maybe Rattler just felt a little bit more comfortable with the offensive line, knowing when he had to step up, knowing when he had to get outside the pocket because he finally had something to base it off of, finally playing in a game. So mm-hmm. I, I say that, Mike, because there were some positive. Granted, plenty of flaws still, and you wanted to be able to build. You wanted to be able to build going from week two to week two, week two to week three, and we just didn't see anything like that today. You go up against a good Georgia team, and it looks like we're getting one of the, our, our first phone calls, so I'm going to put them on hold. What did you want to see today, though, from the South Carolina team, knowing that you're going up against a good team? You know, one thing I wanted to see continually is us keep rushing the ball. Now, that doesn't mean run it three times in a row on first, second, and third down. But to be a good team, to win good, like to win games against good opponents, we have to establish the run at some point. We struggle right now. I, I can't think of our running backs getting over 50 yards yet in a game. I, I don't know what the Arkansas stats were, but I'm looking right here. Not one of us has – Juju is 33 yards. Marshawn's 22. We have a five-star. Juju's very good. It, also, that's another thing. When Juju came in, that's a positive. It looked like he was actually moving the ball, helping us get some, some offensive production. Uh, I don't know why we don't see him more. Um, but – what I was hoping to carry forward from Arkansas to this week was again, just continually finding our identity in this offense, because we have a good quarterback. We have, we should have a good run game. We have athletes on the outside. So we need to find a way to continually get all of them involved while being kind of a cohesive unit with an identity. It doesn't seem like they have that. Sometimes it looks like we're, we're going out there and we're just trying to push with deep drop balls. Sometimes we come out and look like we're just run heavy teams. Sometimes we look out and we're going spread and we're trying to be this short game West coast offense. I don't really know what we are. You know, I get it. If you're trying to incorporate all that in uh, one drive, but we're not, we're going out one drive and doing one thing and then changing it next drive and then changing it again. And I'm just trying to find what we are as an offense. And I think so is our offense. I think our players are trying to figure out like, Hey, when can I get into a flow? Because when you get into a flow and you have momentum, you, you notice it on your offense. So I think what we need to find, and I, I saw Steven Garcia talking with this about you, was he doesn't even see an identity in this offense. I think a lot of people don't. So we need to find one. And again, we're getting some people calling into the show. We uh, Intern Joe is off today. He is uh, working with the school newspaper. So let we me, are judged. Mike, let me tell you something, though, before we take a phone call. Yep. Number 21, I can't think of his name, the safety, the freshman. Um, man, this is going to kill me. That I, regardless, he's in replacement of R.J. Roderick. That kid flies over all over the field. He, he, it looks like he cares about actually being on the field and wearing that uniform. And I think that's what Beamer is going to be bringing in with these recruits. Kids who care about being here and want to give it their entire – all of their energy, their body, everything to this team and to this university – and I think you saw that with some of those freshmen out there trying to prove themselves. Even when we were down 31, 35, whatever the score was, zero, you saw these kids still flying around, not giving up. And I think people need to realize that's the culture Beamer is starting to create. And yes, we're not seeing it across the entire team, but you're going to start seeing it year three, year four. And once you have an entire team bought into that, I'm going to never give up no matter how bad we're getting beat. And hopefully we don't get to that point where we're getting beat that bad. But you see it now. 
And that's the culture he's he's harnessing and he's creating with his team. And you're going to see it year three, year four. And I, I truly believe that because that's one thing I saw with those freshman kids out there. They were just flying around. And that's what you want to see. Trying to get some of our callers on right now. Make sure I'm doing this. Hello. You are on the GC Live post-game show with Michael Skarnecki and Mike Yuba. How we doing? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I appreciate you taking the time to call into the program, Mike. When you when you look at a game like this, mm-hmm. when you look when you look at a game like this, and I know we have another caller there. You still with us, buddy? Trying to see if I can get him. Uh, I'll I'll pass it to you real quick while I try to get him, Mike. But when you have a game like this early on in the year, you're still trying to figure out what that identity is, and I know that's such a you know cliche word to throw around. Yeah. What do you do after a game like this when you go back and watch the film and, and trying to find some type of positive, if there is any positive, as you head into the next week? Yeah, well, I think what – especially what the coaches and fans need to realize, you know, Arkansas Georgia, those were games we were hoping to win. It would have been a great cherry on top of the season. But now we have now we have the real SEC play that I think a lot of fans were expecting to be the big games going forward which is going to be the Missouri, you know, Tennessee, Vandy, all those teams. And so we're going in these next two weeks and you have an opportunity to kind of find your identity, whether that's going to be a mixed run pass set, whether you're going to work on quick game and RPO style going down the field, you know, they're going to have to figure that out, but you got to take these next two weeks, watch the Georgia film. Don't, don't harp on it too much because, you know, genuinely we're not there yet. And I think a lot of people realize that, especially within the organization, and we will be there, but we're not there yet. And so take these next two weeks, get the young guys in, get the old guys in, find a cohesive flow of, of offensive production, whether that's, you know, you saw Georgia doing a lot of it, which was play action and getting a lot of movement, but then throwing the ball off of it. Like, and you don't see much of that with us. And so I'm hoping that over these next two weeks, we find a way to incorporate the run and get that going and also find a way to find a a flow with the offense and passing the ball instead of just going deep balls and these swing routes. Let's try and find a way to get over, get across the middle and allow him to go through his reads and, and 
find people open beyond just verticals and swing routes. And that's, I think that's, these next two weeks are good for the team. We need this before we get into important SEC play. Mike, uh, I don't know if you can hear uh, our guest. Uh, you're on with uh, Mike Eubin, Michael Skarnacki with the GC Live postgame show. Mike, give me a thumbs up if you can hear him once he starts talking. Can't hear him. You there, sir? Mike, you hear him? No, I don't hear him. Do you? I can hear him. I don't know if anyone else can hear him. Um, we're having some technical di- issues here. Well, um, you just want to repeat the questions he has. Yeah, you can you can go, sir, and I'll just relay it to Mike if he can't hear you. Yeah, look, I mean. Seeing Juju out on the field, he brings he brings a lot to the table. Uh, there's no question about it. I, Mike, when you when you see Juju out there, and again, I'm, I don't know if you had a chance to hear the uh, the gentleman's question there. Um, no, but I'm assuming no. it's about Juju, obviously. Yeah, just he, he he just likes being able to to use him. You know, how yeah. how would you use a guy like Juju? You know, Juju's a guy. He doesn't – he just goes, man. Like, that's one thing I noticed. When he gets the ball, he hits the hole hard. He, But he also sees the field well. Um, how do I use him? You get him on stretch plays. You you stretch the field with the kid because he's he's a hard runner. He hits the hole hard. And even though he is smaller than probably the other running backs, he finds ways to get five, six, ten yards whenever t- every time he carries the ball. And also, he's a good pa- – he's a good catcher of the ball. So, find ways – to incorporate swing routes with him, get him across the middle for a dump route, find ways to get the ball to him because he's a playmaker. He makes things happen, and he gets yards every time he has the ball. So, I mean, you can do those kind of things with running back motions, maybe put him in the slot and get him. you got to find ways to get your playmakers the ball, and he's a playmaker. We can't have him on the bench. I think this game and – Previous games should show that they should they should realize that as an offensive staff. Try to add this on in, Mike Jonathan. You are on with Michael Skarnecki and Mike Yuba on the GC Live post game show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, we yeah. Saturday for us. Uh, out to Rocky Start. I don't understand why we were trying to do a wildcat with BK. Nervous um, kick on the first drive. I think that that set the tone for the rest of the game. I mean, you know, anybody can read that. We knew what DK was going to do with the ball. So, I mean, I don't really know what to expect the rest of the year. Going into the season, I expected a 7-5 season, but now with this schedule, I'm the Jackson 4-8. and eight. We need to beat Daddy or Missouri. Um, but right now, I, I don't really know who to beat either of these. So, either way, go Gamecock, and let's see what the boys will do the rest of the way. We appreciate that, Jonathan. Mike, were you able to hear that? Yeah. Um, All right, we got we got that issue fixed now. Uh, sorry about that earlier for people that have been trying to call in. Um, just your initial thoughts on what Jonathan had to say. Um, you know, I still think we can still have a seven to five year. Florida doesn't look fantastic. They still have a lot of flaws on offense. Um, and we these next two games, like I said, we can come in and find a way to find an identity with our team. Like uh, there's strong suits. Our defense has a really good pass defense. You know, maybe it didn't look like that against Georgia, 
but we're able to, we have good DBs if they can stay healthy and we need to get to the quarterback more on defense. We have a good run defense, but we don't have a great um, rush defense to get to the quarterback. We can figure these things out. We just need to stay healthy, but um, I'm trying, what, what else? I'm trying to think what else he said that stood out to me. You know, obviously we need to get Juju, um, but I still think there's hope. Like we have these two games, which are going to get us to three wins. Like he said, Vandy, Missouri, that gets us to five. A&M is very beatable this year. Florida's very beatable. Kentucky's quarterback throws a lot of turnovers. And that's another thing we need to point out. Turnovers have been killing us. Look what happened in the Arkansas game with Marshawn and, and, um, and Spencer in, in the red zone. And then with Marshawn when we were driving. We don't fumble and we don't throw an interception. Who knows how that game turns out? Uh, early on with Georgia, you're right. When we went wildcat, I don't think that was a good call. I think we need to keep Spencer out there and we need to throw the ball. There's also several other times and it was third and five and we do inside zone. I don't understand those calls. We need to scrap that. We need to let Spencer be who he is and show off that arm. I don't know why we're not utilizing the talent we have at quarterback like we should be. I do want to go back. Where's Taylor? So maybe we thought we'd be one and two, but not one and two while looking like absolute dog. You know what? You have to compete and this team. Looks like they might not, I'm guessing you say beat Vanderbilt. All Mike Yuba is doing is making excuses. I'm making excuses. Taylor, hey, look. <laughs> Your team was playing Arkansas and Georgia week the first three weeks of the season. Okay? One and two. That's what was going to happen, man. One and two. Okay? Now, I'm, I, again, as I've said before, this team has flaws. They had flaws last week against Arkansas, even though we did see some type of progress from week one to week two. I've, I've been so consistent going back to preseason that I figured that this offense would get things going come week four, come week five, and then that they would be really clicking by Kentucky. If they don't, call me out. That's fine. That's fine. But excuses. They played the number one team in the country without five starters on defense today. Five star, what, what did you think they were going to look like? The 1986 Chicago Bears are crying out? Oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay. The offense looked like crap today. There's no other way to put it. They looked like crap. They looked like crap. But you know what? That's the best defense that you're going to see all season long. Clemson has a good defense, but this is the best defense you'll see all season long. So, look, you had to move some people around the offensive line. Am I surprised that the offense wasn't able to at least, you know, get on the board? I mean, yeah, no disrespect to Luke Doty and at the end of the game, the touchdown pass, but I'm talking about the starters. I am a little surprised because I felt like what we saw last week against Arkansas in the passing attack that we'd see at least some progress this week. We didn't, though. That's what bothered me. This is a defense that, from a starting standpoint, they've only allowed three points all year. They've only allowed three points all week. Ten points now on the season. If you want to call an excuse, fine. It's just being realistic. It's just being realistic. You're not on the same. Here's the reality. You're not on the same level as Georgia right now. I think a lot of rational people understand that. And if you don't, watch the tape from today. But this team, this team, it's so early in the year. I'm not going to sit here hitting a panic button, this and that. I'm not. They have Charlotte and SC State the next two weeks. You should be able to win those games easily at that. They lose one of those games, yeah, hit the panic button. Hit the panic button. 
for crying out loud. What were you expecting after three weeks of the season? Were you expecting South Carolina to give Georgia a game today? I wasn't. Never mind the fact that you have five. Eleven of your five, five starters on defense out today. So, Mike, look, if, they, if people want to look at it as an excuse, that's fine. I understand that. But we knew there was going to be growing pains. A lot of people knew that there were going to be growing pains with this team. Is it more so you believe – I mean, look, the defense, they've, they've had their issues the last two weeks. No question about it. They couldn't stop the run. Couldn't stop the run the first week either. Heading into today's game, ranked third to last in the country in run defense. Um, what is the most concerning facet of this team right now? Whether it be offense, defense, might not, it might be something inside of that. Could be coaching, could be play calling. What are you most concerned about when you look at this team? I think there's two things that most concern me. One is how we really haven't gotten a lot of offensive production at the quarterback position with the receivers we have. There's there's no reason Spencer shouldn't be going for 250 plus a game with it, more touchdowns than what he's doing. Uh, I don't know if we're putting him in bad positions to make forced throws or if he's doing that himself because we get behind early and he feels like he has to catch up. So I think one big issue is obviously our offensive passing production. We need to figure that out. That That's a big issue with the talent we have. I, I don't like – I wouldn't say I'm – it's just we need to figure it out. We have a five-star quarterback. We have good receivers. There's no excuses for that. I think the next big thing, D-line. Let's, let's be real here. We have, what, two five-stars, a couple four-stars – we need to be getting to the QB. We need to be plugging those holes and stopping the D, the, uh, the rushing of other teams. I mean, there, there's no excuses for our D-line not being one of the best in the nation. We have some of the top recruits across the board from earlier years on this D-line. And uh, it doesn't look like they've progressed much. It looks like they've, they came in as they were, progressed a little bit, but didn't become these elite athletes that we all were expecting them to be. And, I still think they have the potential, but either a spark needs to be lit under them or we need to look at other guys. I don't know, but we, we should be a lot better at the D-line position. Well, Mike, we have another caller joining us right now, and he's been trying a couple times, so I appreciate I appreciate the patience. What's going on, bud? Hey, love what you guys are doing. Tough day for Gamecock Nation. I hear the fans. It's what I hear every day. Four stars, five star culture, joy. It's a ruse, man. This guy's never coached, been a coordinator before. You guys, it's always hope, hope, hope. Will Muschamp wasn't good enough. Steve Spurrier quit on you. Listen, you're a six or seven win program. That's your ceiling. Be happy with it. You're not Alabama. You're not Georgia. You're not Kentucky. You're not Florida. You're not Tennessee. It's okay to win six, seven games and go to a uh, independent bowl. Deal with it. Come on, Gamecock. I appreciate, appreciate you taking the time to call into the program. Mike, I, I think, look, I think there's a lot of people, and, I, and I've said it too, right, you know, know who you are right now. Yeah. Is there a difference, though? And maybe you don't agree with me, you don't agree with the caller. Is there a difference, though, with trying to figure out, okay, this is who we are, but when do we freaking take it to that next level? Like today, again, a one-and-two team. A team that I think, excuse me, a lot of people would have expected to go one and two to start the year. Just the way they played, though, 
the fact that you can't really hang your head on on much, if if anything, I think that's the thing that has a lot of people more bummed than anything. Would you agree? No, I agree. I mean, you're in year two. You think you'd see at least more heart, more passion out on the field than what we're seeing. Um, You know, second quarter alone, it kind of looked like these players going into halftime, watching them walk into the halftime locker room. A lot of these kids look defeated. I mean, come on. If you're creating a culture, now I don't know how fast you know it takes to create a culture and flip. Some of these coaches who have turned programs around, it's it's taken four or five years. Um, and I think Gamecock fans need to be realistic in this moment with a six and seven or a six or seven win season. I don't think we need to accept what the caller was saying with that's who we are as an organization. It's not. We can get the big recruits. We need to just make sure we get the right assistant coaches. We have the right head coach. The assistant coaches are really what makes the difference and what makes a head coach look good. The head coach is the CEO. He's going to make the organization, build the culture, make sure he brings in the right people to build that culture. If he's not bringing in the right people, you're going to see it on the field with the production. And so sometimes we need to look at who our coordinators are and figure out, or maybe even the position coaches, and figure out, do we need changes? Because Beamer is a young coach, and if he wants to succeed, he's going to have to bring in the right guys. It's not him. He's a great coach. He's building a great culture. Everyone I've talked to loves working and working under him and playing for him. He's bringing in five stars. He's, you know, or at least they're coming to the field. They're thinking about Carolina. He's bringing in transfers. We're doing everything right. We just need to have the right coordinators and assistant coaches who are coming here, buying into what Coach Beamer is buying or um, building as a culture and instilling that and then their players who are the position coaches are the ones with their players, not Beamer all the time. It's the position coaches. We need to look at that and make sure we have the right guys here. Because remember, it wasn't too long ago, what, 10 years? We were 11-2 and two for three consecutive seasons. Easily should have won a national championship one of those seasons. Easily. There's no excuse for why we didn't. We get the big recruits. It's not. It, there's no reason we can't. We can easily elevate our game to a 10-win season like we should. We just need to make sure that we have – the right assistant coaches. It plagued Muschamp. It's it plagued Spurrier in the final years of his career, and it's plaguing probably right now us with Beamer and offense. And you know, as, as someone that went through it, you saw the end of the Spurrier era. You were recruited by Spurrier. You were there for the Muschamp era. And look, I, I, when you try to just find something positive today, RJ brings up Nick Eamon Worry. He's phenomenal. He really is. And we saw, look, and I, and I said this today on, on one of the shows I hopped on pregame, there's going to be growing pains with any young player, right? You look back to the Arkansas game, and it's not to call out the kid. It's just pointing this out that there will, there will be growing pains. We saw the touchdown um, that he was in the zone when, you know, he was in the area when, when they threw when they threw it. And, you know, and I, and I say that because you don't know what the exact assignments were, but you assume that it was his responsibility. So I say all that because there's going to be growing pains with some of these younger guys. They have some talented guys. They've done a good job with recruiting. Now it's just being able to put it together. So again, look, they're one and two. They're one and two. Tough start to the season, man. The year's not over yet. The year's not over. I mean, you're playing two of the top. You're playing two teams, right? Georgia's a team that many have right now projected to, to go into the college football playoff if not at least make it to the SEC championship game, okay? Easily, yeah. Arkansas is a team that outside of Alabama, people a lot of people assume that they're going to finish top three 
if not number two in the SEC West. Some might think they might give Alabama a shot, especially with what we saw last week against Texas. So I say that because these are two of the better teams, not just in the conference, but in the country. And the fact that you have an oppor- you had an opportunity to play them this early in the year on top of a Georgia State team who, again, we saw what they were able to do against North Carolina, not your typical cupcake week one matchup. There's a lot that you can build from three weeks into the season. There's a lot that you can build from. Now, certainly doesn't help that you're banged up. Certainly doesn't help that you that you missed nearly half your players on defense in terms of starters. But you have winnable games these next two weeks. You have Charlotte. You have South Carolina State. Then you have a golden, a golden opportunity to go to Kentucky and not just beat a team who is in your division, but a team that you're trying to get back over. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. Kentucky's ahead of you right now. They've been ahead of you the last couple of years. That's just the reality. Does that mean you can't be better than Kentucky even this year or next year? No. You're trying to get that spot back, a spot that you've had in the past, a spot that belongs to you. Kentucky's done a nice little job, though. And if you're able to go out there and beat a Kentucky team who took care of Florida last week or two weeks ago, can change your whole season so mike what what would what what do you want to see in a game with charlotte right because again on paper shouldn't be shouldn't be a contest south carolina should be able to have their way with charlotte but at the same time too you're trying to bounce back from obviously a very disappointing game today and you're trying to find some type of momentum to build so that, okay, it's Charlotte, then we go to SC State. And then we're back into conference play against a Kentucky team that you should be able to compete against. Mm-hmm. I think what I would love to see next week is I would love to get out and be an early lead. Um, I mean, like, look at, look, look at what Georgia did to us today. I don't think we stopped them once in their first three or four drives. They just drove down on us. I, we need to start getting that. And it starts at the small teams that we face. We need to start being able to just take one drive at a time and go down the field, both running the ball, which we need to somehow establish. I don't know if we need to get more creative with the schemes or what we need to do, but we need to establish the run or we're not going to win games. The second thing we need to do, again, is we need to start getting more turnovers too. Yep. I don't think we're getting a lot of turnovers and I don't have the stats all pulled in front of me, but it looks like we're losing most of the turnover battle. And if you look at statistics across the entire nation, (laughs) when you lose the the turnover battle, it's like a 90% chance you're going to lose the game. It just is what it is. We cannot turn the ball over and it doesn't look like we're getting a lot of turnovers on our defensive side. So we need to somehow start getting those turnovers. We start today, just today. today. I'm just cutting you off just so we could go on that stat though, to back it up. Just today, turnover battle, the margin, you were minus three today. Minus three. Last week against Arkansas, a game that, look, you lost by 14, but after sleepwalking in the first quarter, you made it interesting in the fourth. You were right there. You were right there, but the issue, and it goes back to what you just said, Mike, the turnover battle. In that game, in that game, three. So the last two games, you're minus six, minus six. 
I, I understand that week one game, you had the two block kicks. That's great. You know what, though? You're not going to be able to, to bank on blocking kicks every week. It's You're rare. not. So minus six the last two weeks, Mike. Just want to throw that out there to, to, so you can piggyback off that. Minus six. Yeah. Haven't created any turnovers the last two weeks. No, we need to. And we have good playmakers in the defense. Um, we have some really good corners. Like the one fan was saying in the chat, Nick has come in and he's rejuvenated the safety position. Um, I think, you know, I really hope RJ has a, re- a speedy recovery, but Nick Nick came in, man, full steam ahead, and he's looked good. He's flying all over the ball. We need those kind of guys in our defense. That's going to help force turnovers. On offense, we obviously need to rush the ball, but we also need to find out ways to spread the ball and get it to our playmakers. There's no reason that – looking at these statistics, Bell, one catch, huh. McDowell, two, like Brown, two, Stogner, one, uh, Leggett, two. Why are we not – Josh Van, one for negative one yard. Why are we not able to throw the ball to these guys and get them open? What, what, what are we not doing here? We need to find ways – even when we were at our lowest point in Carolina for when I played, we were able to – and we had three walk-ons starting at receiver. We were still able to drive the ball and get guys open. We have the players. It's it's scheme. We need to find a way to scheme up ways to get these guys open. I don't want to hear any fans say it's the players. It's not because you can take a team way worse than us and still drive the ball. Maybe not against, let's be real, maybe not against Georgia. Georgia probably is going to win the national championship. That team was by far the best team I've watched on college football. Not even close. But other times, we have the athletes. We just need to get find ways to get them open, whether that's crossing routes, whether that's you know in and out between the players, whether that's doing a lot more RPOs. I don't know what it's going to take, but we need to reevaluate ourselves. And so that's, my- a good, that's a good point right there. When you can't block, you're right. Our interior <laughs> line, you know, let's. Uh, I don't know how much of it is on Spencer and how much is on the O line. Sometimes it looked like we didn't slide the O-line the right way when the blitz was coming from the weak or strong side. Sometimes that's on the quarterback. And, you know, we need to look at that in the film and figure it out. But a lot of times you're right. These guys need a block. They need to give Spencer time because he doesn't – when you're rolling out, it's struggle to find – it's going to be a struggle to find a, a, a rhythm on the offensive side of the ball passing it and running it. But those guys need to figure it out, look in the mirror, and step up because there's no excuse for them not giving more time to Spencer. Look, I get it. I'm looking at some of this stuff. I'm bird. You know, that's the problem is early. Okay, one and two SEC champ out the door. There wasn't going to be an SEC championship appearance for South Carolina. I think the issue was, and I think a majority of the fan base, I think they get this. I think it's more so the Pink Hat fans. The Pink Hat fans, Mike, I always say, are the ones that will throw on the cute little South Carolina hat or you know, rah-rah South Carolina when it's Saturday. It's right? a fun Saturday event, yeah. Yeah, Pink, Pink Hat fan. So I, I say that because I think the majority of the fan base understood that. Yeah. Look, this I, I do I, I still like with what they're doing. I still like and there was a lot of recruits there today. Of course, okay, you know what? The result it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't what you were looking for by any means. But you know what happens though? And I've already been hearing some of the feedback from some of the players that did go. They like the atmosphere. They like the atmosphere, and on top of that, they want to be able to keep it like that throughout the game. So I, I say that because I've seen some of the comments about, you know, we didn't make a good impression on the recruits today and this and that. Hold on. Hold on. You know, Mike, I don't know what you think necessarily about that because you've gone through this process before, but 
it's not always about the wins and losses when one of these players come on campus when they're visiting. It's more about the experience that they have. Yeah. And to hear that guys went there today, and I can't say that this was the case for Nicholas Harbor or player XYZ. I can't say that. But I do know some of the players we've already heard feedback from say that they personally are taking it upon themselves that they want to be part of this and they mm -hmm. want to be the reason why people are staying into the fourth quarter so that yeah. this doesn't happen. So just want to throw that out there before everyone starts thinking or people start saying, you know, oh, it was a bet. Look, there was over 40-something uh, recruits there today. A lot of them already verbally committed. But just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but Mike, I mean, look, we, we can sit here, we can sit here. We could talk about what we saw today. Overall, I think the big question that a lot of people have, and you brought this up, you know, you feel like it's more of a coaching thing sometimes when you have situations like this, what would you tell people from an offensive coordinator standpoint? Because you're in week three. I understand there's a lot of people that are disappointed with how the offense is looking. I get that. Mm -hmm. um, you're at week three. What would you tell people? Because I can't see Satterfield getting fired next week or the week after, yeah. you know. So I, I say that because what would you tell this fan base in terms of where South Carolina goes from here? Because I think a lot of them, I don't say a lot of them, that's not fear. I think there is a good portion that just wants to say, fire this person, fire that. I get that. I understand the frustration, but it's not always going to work out that way. It's not always going to happen, especially as quickly as some people might want it. What do you do, though, to be able to right the ship based on where South Carolina is right now from an offense standpoint? You know, I think you go into the next two weeks and you show an identity, a rhythm. You find a way to get your playmakers the ball, Juju. You find a way to not wait until halftime to make offensive changes, whether that's, you know, they're beating us right now on uh, when they run cover three and we're just not getting open. Let's find a way to be beat this defense. Like I've noticed in the past several years, we've had offensive coordinators who struggle to make first half adjustments and they're, they make the second half adjustments because they're able to go in, but really good offensive coordinators are making adjustments in game live before halftime while the game's going on. And so what we need to see is we need to see those adjustments when things aren't going well. We need to see a way to get Spencer. Look, I really liked when we went the empty set. We moved the ball with him. He's got an arm. He showed it off. If our offensive line can block, show more of the empty set. Do that. I mean, look what the Bengals do with um, Joe Burrow. They do that all the time, and they were killing it with him. So we need to find a way to get Spencer throw the ball across the board to our athletes um, we need to find a course. I say it's over and over. We need to find a way to run the ball, but we need to realize those first two SEC games, Arkansas and Georgia, they were kind of hope games. We win them. Fantastic. That's going to make a season even better than what it would have been. But the real play comes after these next two weeks. So we need to find a rhythm going into the real SEC play with Missouri, A&M, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, Vanderbilt. There's a lot of winnable games there. Now, what do you say if we win most of those? What if you say we win all of them? Do you keep Satterfield? It, it, you don't know. Mm -hmm. We're going into a stretch where we need to start winning these games against the opponents we know we can beat and compete with right now. If we're not doing that, then we need to get rid of some people on the organization or within the organization who are holding us back. 
I don't know who that is right now. The fans can say, but um, but we're going into that stretch. We have to beat those teams. We have to beat Tennessee. We have to go in. I think we're at Florida. We have to go in there and win. If we win Kentucky, fantastic. That'd be great. Would love to see that happen. A and M's very beatable this year. They struggle at the quarterback position. They're you know if we can find some offensive production, we can get get it going and win against them. You win those games, and who knows? Who knows how the season goes? Who knows who how the players react? Like you said, we go into Kentucky and win that game. Who knows? People don't understand confidence is an absolute booster or killer of players' play. Look at Stetson Bennett. When he started getting confidence in that offense, completely mm-hmm. different player. When you watch players get confidence, it's completely different. We need to get some confidence back in our players. Let them know that, hey, you can compete with these other SEC teams. So they go out there and they compete and they show what they have and they have that swagger and that confidence. So we need to get these that confidence back up these next two weeks. And if we can go into Kentucky and win, that would carry the rest of the season, I think, in a very positive manner going into the other SEC teams. Taylor, my good buddy, am you know, I the only one that thinks you has no sense of how the fans actually feel? Look, maybe I don't, Taylor. Maybe I'm not a fan. Maybe I'm not waving pom-poms or whatever. I'm not a fan. I'm telling you the way that it is, man, okay? I've been covering this team for seven years now, all right? I've seen it through the Muschamp era, and I'm seeing it at the beginning of the Beamer era. There's going to be people saying, all right, I've been a fan since 1980, 19. That's great. Guess what? I've been a fan of the Patriots. I'm covering them right now. Night and day different. Why? Tom Brady's not there. So that's great. I say all that because, look, this South Carolina team is going through changes. We know that already. We know that already. I could have told you this. This is what (laughs) – what did you expect back in August, back in July? Because everyone got all hype and pom-pom season's done, okay? The hype's great. What they're building there, if you felt that way a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, losing today, losing last week, this shouldn't change anything about the way you think about this program. There's going to be trial and error. There's going to be coaches on this staff right now that maybe in a couple years, if Beamer's still here and he's trying to get things going, and I'm not, you know, hinting at anything's going to happen. Well, my point being is slow down. It's the process. Slow down. Um, But look, you don't have to agree with me. Fine. You know, go back, have a couple more cold ones. Keep drinking, pal. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, uh, you got plenty of water in you today after watching that game. I'm sure that has nothing to do with uh, the keyboard warrior in you right now. Uh, Steel Curtain, he says, you know, I know they have plenty of football to play, but after this season or if things continue to get worse on offense, don't care what anybody has to say, but Sanfield must go. I agree. I agree. I agree with you 1,000%. Um, I, I do think I do think today was challenging. I, I, today was going to be challenging, Mike. Yeah. Again, I'm surprised that that there wasn't at least a little bit more production from the offense. You're going up against a good Georgia defense. How many times are we going to freaking say that? But you wanted to at least see something positive this week based on what we saw from some of the improvements last week. That part of it was disappointing. Yeah. It's not the same defense in Arkansas when you're playing a team like Georgia. We know that. But it was disappointing not to be able to see that. Um, yeah. Look, it's, I think I think it's the, the elephant in the room if the offense doesn't. Now, 
granted, there's so much more season left. There's so much more season left that you want to start firing people. Okay. I can't see it happening right now. I'm just telling you, I can't see it happening right now. If things don't improve for the Charlotte game, if things don't improve for the SC State game, maybe I cho- maybe I change my tune. But right now, I don't think anything's going to change right now. So if you're looking for that to happen right now, I don't know what to tell you. I think, you know, bottom line is just look to next week. I mean, I'm not – I'm not sure – like, I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I just don't know what, what to tell some of the people that would like to see that happen right now. Um, next two weeks is needed before – they are definitely needed before Kentucky. But, no, that's it's not smart. Um, you know, with our offense trying to find an identity right now, firing's not the – it's just not the smart thing to do. Fans are always irrational and wanting to fire immediately. Let's evaluate at the end. Now, if it's necessary, if we lose to SC State or UNC Charlotte, let's talk about it. We win those two games and play moderately well against the SEC. Let's evaluate at the end of the season. Let's not be irrational. It's year two. What Muschamp left with our team wasn't a great culture. Let's be real. It just wasn't. And a lot of fans don't understand what that is because they're not in the locker room. But a bad culture is going to show product in the field. It's just how it is. And so we'll evaluate at the end of the year, assuming we win these next two weeks. But firing is just not the, not the option right now. We have to wait at the end of the year because who are we going to get, people? We're just going to promote from within? <laughs> how is that going to – we don't know how that's going to do. It may be worse. No good offensive coordinator across the nation is going to come here in the middle of the season. It's not happening. And then you're stuck with a contract with a new guy because you wanted to fire somebody immediately. It's not smart. And I just wanted to pull up some of these questions because we appreciate Greg sending in nine ninety nine to uh, Gamecock Central. We appreciate that, Greg Lee. One and two, not the problem. That sucks. Let's be honest. His timing of shots, run game, scheming based on uh, down a distance all suck. No identity and poor use of talent on team. SEC since ninety two. We get it. So, I guess look, piggybacking off what you said, Mike. If this is the situation that South Carolina is currently in from an offensive standpoint, and I, and I say this more so to the fans that want to see Sat gone, okay? But even just some fans that, you know, they get it. They get Sat's going to be here. Um, what, what would you like to see this team do from an offensive standpoint? Because you're trying to figure out what that identity is, right? We were talking about right. it early before. Why aren't they going maybe across the middle a little bit more like we're seeing with some of these other teams? And right. I know it's so cliche to say, What's the identity? You know, what's their identity? Are they smash mouth football? Are they a team that likes to spread it out? Like, I get that. It doesn't even have to be necessarily as cliche as that. What do you just want to see based on what you've seen? I know it's tough to, to see it based on today, but through three games and the skill set that they do have, the talent that they do have, some of the weapons. I mean, this is probably the deepest wide receiver room they've had in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, it certainly, it seems like the last couple of years, they only had one guy really right now. They have a couple of guys that can be special. Yeah. How would you go about getting this offense on the same page these next couple of weeks so that you're do you are feeling good heading into Kentucky? Yeah. So I think, uh, two, maybe three things. One is we need to start doing the RPOs better. Uh, it doesn't look like we do a great job even early on against Georgia. And I'm referencing Georgia cause it's fresh in my mind. They're, their swing route, they're tossing the ball to their tight end when they have the numbers on the outside. 
they're getting 15, 20, 50 yards on these plays, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. They're, it it's a simple, it wasn't hard. All you do as a quarterback is look to see if you have numbers and you throw it. Let's get some rhythm that way. Get some RPOs going. Let's throw some short routes. Get the ball out of Spencer's hand quickly if our offensive line is struggling. Do that kind of stuff. It's not hard. I mean, it's really simple, and it's easy reads, and it allows the offense to move quickly down the field instead of the slow production style, huddle and do all that. That's one thing is we need to increase and be more effective on the RPOs. Two is we need to get the ball in Spencer's hand and find a way to get it out also quick. We need to find ways to get these quick routes going, get the ball out, because our offensive line's not protecting for four seconds right now. They're not. And so we need to evaluate that. We need to start getting the ball out of Spencer's hands quickly. And maybe we need to move to a more fast-paced, up-tempo offense. It's something to consider. Tire out defenses. We have a good quarterback, really good quarterback. We have good receivers who can get open. We just need to get them open. And so I think if we start doing that kind of stuff, speed up the offense, make it go faster, I think you may see a change. Um, and then again, I know I sound like a broken record, but we need to find ways to get Marshawn and Juju the ball beyond just getting them the ball, but getting them yards past the line of scrimmage. You know, again, I'm, like, people don't understand, and maybe they do understand. If you can't run the ball, you're never going to beat a good team. It's just not going to happen. Unless you're going to throw the ball 50, 60 times with Spencer and hope that's going to be the case, it's, it's just not going to work. So we need to find ways to get offensive production. And, you know, as much as people hate on the man, Bobo was able to get it with a much worse team. We had a 1,000-yard rusher, and we were able to run the ball. With a much worse team, there's no excuse. Just a reminder, everyone, today's program, just like every GC Live show, is brought to you by Clint Hammond. Be sure to check him out. Does a tremendous job being able to get you ready. Want to get a house, want to take all care of that stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy right now out there, so be sure to go give Clint a visit. And also, today's show is brought to you by Liberty Tax. Tax season, we have a ways to go, but it's never too early to start looking at it. Go give them a call at 803-462-5576 to help out with some of that tax tidy that tax season brings. I do I do want to go back and, and go to a comment I saw, though, because, look, it's a lot of negative today, and I get that. Like, I, I really didn't learn much about this team today. I really didn't. There was nothing that you like that I felt like you could really take away and be like, oh, okay. Other than uh, Irmo's own Nick Eamon Worry. What he's been doing all season, and it goes back to that first drive of the season against Georgia State on fourth down, coming up, filling the hole from that safety position. He was actually in the box and made the stop on fourth down. And then the performance that he put together last week at Arkansas, having 11 tackles. And then obviously what he did today. I did say this, though, uh, Mike, and I, this was an issue, especially early on in the game, and I hate this, right? People want to say I'm making excuses. Some of these freaking people online, oh, the holding, the whole No, get off the damn block. Get off the block. There's no excuse, really, because it's, it's happened the last three weeks, right? Yeah. You want to complain about, oh, the receivers are holding us, Okay. You want no get off the block because it's been happening all season long. Three games. South Carolina has struggled, has struggled on the perimeter to get off blocks. And we knew this was gonna happen today. If you know the game of football, Camp Smith's out, right? They're playing musical chairs at that nickel spot. What are they gonna do? 
they're going to attack the flats. And that's exactly what Georgia did today. Whether it was a couple yards downfield or even behind the, the line of scrimmage or just whatever the case may be, swing, swing passes. They were doing that, and they have no respect for you on the perimeter. So, look, I want to talk about excuses. You can't have that. You just can't. And obviously, you go from there, it affects the run game too, Mike, right? I yep. mean, off-tackle runs, sweeps, options, whatever. You need to be able to defeat those blocks on the outside. So that was something that stood out to me. But from a positive standpoint, Nick, very, very good again. Um, when you see a young player like that, Mike, come onto the scene, and obviously R.J. Roderick's been out of the lineup the last two weeks. When you see a young player get out there and he's able to make an impact right away, just as an upperclassman, how many games does it take to be able to say, like, that kid can play? Or is that something that you notice quickly, sometimes even during preseason camp? I mean, you probably notice it in preseason camp, but they probably notice it. If they haven't then, they definitely do now. Uh, and the great thing about what him being a freshman and going out there performing and, and flying around the way he is, not even just talking about this season, but talking about I'm going to fast forward to off season. That kid's going to be a leader when our team's prepping for next season. He's going to make sure that that defensive secondary and maybe the linebackers and D-line will be ready. I'm telling you, when we had like J.C. Horn, J.C. Horn was that kind of savage, doesn't give an F about your feelings or anything. He's going to get in your face and he's going to hold you accountable. When you have guys like that in your defense, then you're going to start seeing positive change across the board on your defense, across every position. And so I think, and I don't know what kind of kid he is, but I could imagine the way he flies around, he's going to be a leader in that locker room going forward. And that's the one thing that you need. When your young guys become leaders, sometimes that's a positive thing. Sometimes you need that. And it's, it goes to show the culture that the culture in the new recruits Beamer's looking for. He's obviously looking for those kids who are willing to come in their freshman year, start, fly around, and be leaders, not wait two, three years. Um, and so uh -huh. I, I like seeing it. I, I think we need it. We need a young guy who's going to go in there and get these guys on fire. He's the only kid really at the end of the game when we were getting beat who was showing passion, at least from what I saw. No, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. He really is. And, look, we're trying to find some type of positive that you could take away from today. To see the impact that he has had as early as he's had, right, as a true freshman, it's great. But I think it's more of a testament than anything else to what Shane Beamer and this coaching staff was able to do from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah. Because, shoot, South Carolina is the only Power 5 school that offered him. Um, he has been absolutely incredible. Um, and I see some of the people getting upset with comments. I mean, come on, lighten up. I mean, if you if you've know if you've known me for a while, you know we 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 bust balls and chops here. I mean, lighten up. Good God. Yeah. Um. But I think look, they're able to take on Charlotte next week. They're going to certainly have to find a way to talk about the injuries. That's a given. But, yeah, they need to be able to find something to hang their hat on. They need to be able to find something to hang their hat on uh, from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, it goes without saying, right, be able to stop the run. Um, I, 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 just, I just don't know, Scar. I just don't know, Scar, where we go from here if 
a week from today, we're sitting here and South Carolina gets the win against Charlotte. But from an offensive standpoint, you're not feeling better about yourself because that could be a possibility. Um, you could say that about the defense as well. If, you know, if Charlotte, for whatever reason, and I'd be lying to you if I said I've been looking at Charlotte and, and know what their stati- uh, statistics are, but I, I'd be lying to you if I said, okay, they take care of Charlotte, everything's great. Well, it's the game within the game. It's not as simple as just looking at the score. What is yeah. the offense doing? What is the defense doing? Um, have they made improvements? You know, so I think from a defensive standpoint, and certainly it doesn't help when you're banged up, um, especially with the guys up front, but you need to be able to find ways to stop the run. That goes without saying. And from the offensive standpoint, you know, what, what would make you feel good? It doesn't even have to necessarily be, I think some people think, okay, it has to be 30, 40, but no. I understand Charlotte is, not, is a team you should be able to take care of. Yeah. But what do you want to see to be able to feel good about yourself after next week's game? Honestly, I I would love to see us utilize our tight ends more. Um, with Stogner and uh, Jaheim Bell, arguably we have a very good, very, very good tight end room. And I haven't seen much production from them this season. There's no excuse. We need to find ways to get them the ball. They're playmakers. They were at, you know, Stogner was at Oklahoma, a big playmaker. Bell for us last season was a playmaker. And you're not seeing anything from them. I don't know why we got away from getting the ball to the tight end. And we're playing these two tight end sets. You see them on the field together all the time. But yet, do you see many passes being thrown to them? And if they are, they're high. They're in tight positions where it's a hard catch. Why are we not finding ways to get them the ball? Those guys are playmakers. We need, yes, right now we are stretching the field and getting it to our outside receivers, but it's not enough. We need to find ways to get in the inside and get those slot. I mean, they're, they're playing essentially slot and tight end positions, reverse and switched and everything. And if we find ways to get those two involved, you might see more production in our offense. And I think that's one way where we, that's one place we can start. I agree with you on that. And uh, for everyone that has hopped on today, we appreciate we get different people hopping on. I know some people don't necessarily know me that well. And they're like, you know, we're going to get a fan on here. Well, you want to go listen to a fan. There's fan sites out there. Um, you, you're never going to make people happy, Mike. You know, either you're in you're, you're, <laughs> you go through the comments here. You're either, uh, you know, you're not making uh, you're making excuses for them, or you know, yes, yeah. you're being Always. too hard on them. You know what I mean? Look, I enjoy covering the Gamecocks, um, and again, I still have them being able to get seven, eight wins in the regular season. I think, it, I think, more than anything, uh, as we wrap things up, more than anything, I mean, look, we could talk about the offense. I, I do feel like it will come into its own over the next couple of weeks. I don't know. I don't know what happens if they can't. If they can't, and yeah, buckle up. Could be a long season, but I, I truly believe that it will. Um, I feel like this is a team that will be able to take those next couple steps. But the question now, more than anything, is just some of the injuries they have. Can they overcome some of those injuries on defense? Can they overcome losing a guy like Jordan Strawn, who going into this season I figured was going to be a guy that would lead the team in sacks? I really did. Um, just because of how talented he is and down 15 pounds from a year ago and was tied for first in college football at Georgia State for uh, sack leader in the country. And then obviously losing a guy like Mo Cobb, this certainly doesn't help either. So 
I think those parts are going to be challenging. Um, but I, I do feel good about this South Carolina team. Um, and I do feel, and I do feel like, you know, they are going to be able to, you know, find ways to be able to take steps forward. It's just, it stinks. Let's just call for what it is. It stinks right now. You're one and two, you got your teeth kicked in today. Um, and a lot of people had high expectations for this season. And even though, even though those expectations, those goals are still attainable for many people, at least what they envisioned, it's difficult right now to look at it after going one and two and losing in the manner in which you did at home today. I don't know what your final thoughts are, Mike. Yeah, no, I, I you know, now that I'm a fan and not a player anymore, I can empathize with the frustration the feeling of wanting change and we're not getting it, but we are in year two. I think looking at what Beamer's doing, I think he's making us go in the right direction. I think he's ex- making it an exciting place to be for recruits. And it may take three, four seasons and the patience for a lot of fans. It's not going to be there, but for the fans, we <laughs> We've always apparently had patience. You're still a fan. And we haven't had a lot of good seasons throughout the history of a lot of Carolina seasons. And so I think we need to give Beamer the time of day and let him build this team. It may not be this season, and it may be a very frustrating season. It may not even be next season. But let's be real here. Spencer's only possibly here for two years. We need to take advantage of that. So if it's not this season, next season needs to be something taking that next step forward. If we don't see a next step forward next season – we talk about it. We'll talk about it. But let's not go that far ahead. Let's just talk about we need to see some good production the rest of the season going into SEC play, win the games we need to win, and give Beamer the time of day that he deserves to have to build this program. I think he'll get there. It may not be this season, next season, but I think he'll get there. And I truly believe that just based on looking at the recruits he's bringing in, and so we'll see. I mean, I'm going to have patience with him. I think he's a great person for this university. He cares about this university and he wants to be here. And when you have a guy like that, good things will come. I'm going to wrap things up, but I do want to answer this question because Philly fans sent in um, 499 to Gamecock Central. So we appreciate that Philly fan. I, I hit on this earlier, but I'll bring it up just in case you missed it because you are paying um, some money over to us at GC. We, so we appreciate that nice donation. Honest opinion. How much of a disaster was the game in regards to the 40-plus recruits that were there today visiting? Um, could today's performance potentially flip recruits? Look, that could always be the case when you're dealing with 17, 18-year-olds. Uh, but at the same time, too, again, Philly fan, if you missed this earlier, you know, I mentioned how we've had updates on some of the prospects that were there today. And overall, it might shock some people. It just excited them being there. Just seeing that environment at the beginning of the game, seeing a sold-out stadium, and from one person, I know this for a fact, I won't say a name, uh, from one person in particular, they said that they are looking at that as a challenge. Like, hey, look, you know what? This stadium, the, at- the atmosphere, the energy is awesome. Like, we-, we see what this can be. If we come here, it's a challenge now to make sure that people are staying through the game going into the fourth quarter. So, again, when you're dealing with 17 and 18-year-olds, you never know necessarily how someone's thinking. Um, and they could always change their thoughts at any given time. Yeah. But I don't think today is something to be too concerned about. I really don't. 
Um, I feel like it it go it takes much more than just one loss to a team in the SEC to change someone's opinion. And if honestly, if that's what changes someone's opinion, then you probably don't want them in your program to begin with. Um, there's so many other factors. So look, yeah. again, not the performance you wanted today. Um, not the start that you wanted. And we could sit here and I feel like I could say it either way, Mike. I'm going to have people say, well, that's an excuse or, oh, we want a fan, right? I say, oh, they're one and two. You know, this is what we yeah. expect. That's an excuse. Oh, they're one and two, X, Y, Z, you know. Stop making excuses for the holding, this and that. Oh, we want a fan on it. Um, I'm just joking with you because a lot of people might not listen to me necessarily all the time. Um, I, I, I think things are going to be okay with this team. If, if they don't execute next week, um, then we worry. Then we worry. No question about it. Then we worry. And yeah. um, we'll be able to go from there. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Went a little bit over an hour. Uh, next week, we'll find out. I think Perry's back on, but we'll make sure. But if this is the first time you guys are listening to the GC Live post game show, we're going to have more calls uh, working with some technical difficulties today. Intern Joe will be back with us next week. But um, rotating with Michael Skarnecchia as well as former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth. So appreciate you taking the time today, Mike. Um, we'll do it again soon, and uh, hopefully, hopefully after a game, we'll be able to to have a win. We'll be able we'll have to some more, Yeah, we'll have some more positives to talk about. Hey, everyone, go have fun tonight. Uh, be safe out there. It was a long day. Um, don't let this ruin your day. There's brighter days ahead for Gamecock football. Whether it feels like that right now or not, there's brighter days ahead. Everything's going to be okay. All right, as we always say, go mix in the water, go have some fun today, and, uh, and enjoy watching the rest of college football.